Coyote Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. Multiple award winner Moret Brown-Clark is one of the gospel music industry sweethearts with four chart-topping albums credited to her career. With her first stellar gospel music award win in 2000 for Best New Artist for her first album, How I Feel, she has remained consistent in producing that relevant and relatable gospel music sound. Subsequent albums have garnered additional stellar award wins and Dove Award nominations. The praise and worship anthem, One God and It Ain't Over Until God Says It's Over, were chart-topping songs released on her 2007 release entitled The Dream. Both songs were top 10 songs on the Billboard Gospel Charts for many months, with the entire project receiving the stellar award for Praise and Worship Album of the Year in 2011. She released The Sound of Victory with the lead single, I Hear the Sound of Victory becoming the number 17 Gospel Song of the Year, charted by Billboard magazine. Subsequent single releases include King O King in 2015 and I Want God 2019, both enjoyed Billboard chart-topping success. Her latest body of work, He Loves Me, was released in the last part of 2023. Up next on Slebsvant, we've got Moret Brown-Clark. Where do we find you in the world and how are you doing? I'm actually in Maryland, uh, in the United States, and I'm doing great today. I get to speak with you all the way in South Africa. <laughs> like, whoa, very nice. <laughs> Thank you. It's lovely to, lovely to have you with us. At what age did you think, cool, I want to be in the music or entertainment world, whether it was a child or as a teenager, and how did that journey accumulate to where we are today? So it really began after I graduated from university, graduated from college, and had a job, a boyfriend, a car. Um, I had all those things that, you know, check the boxes, right? Okay, I'm good. And I had a hole in my heart. And I was like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, why did you create me? I always sang. I've been singing since I was a little girl, but it just was something that my family did. Um, We sang, we went to school, we went to church. It was just a part of my makeup. And so I never really thought about it as a vocation. However, when I look back, it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's what was being set up, right? So after I graduated from college and got that, had that hole in my heart, that was when I discovered, okay, this is what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it. Your music is not just supposed to be for your mother, your father, your siblings, the people that love you regardless, but it was supposed to go out to reach the world. And that's how I started my music industry journey because that's how it happens. You know, Mm. you, you use that vehicle that is the industry, those, those, unobtainable, unreachable things um, and get your music heard and out. And so that's kind of how that started. I've been running ever since. Let's dive into your creative brain and creative world. So from zero to a three to four minute song, how does it come to be? What motivates it? Is it easy every time? Let's unpack your creative brain. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's all of those things um, at different times, right? So, I used to, when I first started, I was writing like all of my music because I asked God, what is, since you called me to this, there's got to be something 
that you want me to say. And so I always started out as a writer. I played a little bit. Um, and so that creative process was just, it could be riding in my car and recording a thought, or it could be sitting in church one day and a musician plays some chords and I'm like, Ooh, that's fire. So, you know, I'll record it and kind of put some lyrics and stuff to it. So it could be the gamut. It could be another song that somebody else is up singing. They wrote, I grew up um, experiencing the music of uh, Pastor Donnie McClurkin, his original music before he was Donnie McClurkin. And Hmm. so to know that I could write something that would touch people's hearts and then go beyond where I could physically get it was a, was a great interest to me. And so it's easy for me to take songs and even that I haven't written and to make them be for for me and to make them feel like I've written them. And I think that's what, what's my sweet spot is. My sweet spot is even if I didn't write the song, Mm -hmm. you feel like I wrote it by the time I'm done with it. And that's amazing. So the difference between you writing songs and performing them. And then when you get songs from other writers, once you receive that song from that, wherever it comes is it a process for you to uh, make it your own? Like, does it take a certain amount of time or is it a quick process? So it's a quick process for me because I will not record a song that I don't feel like it's mine. Okay. Something I would say, how I would say it, mm. how I feel, like, how is this something that I feel? I had somebody send me a song one time and it was talking about, you know, God, I was, you know, I lost my mind or I was in it. I was just like, no. Now, could I sing it? Yeah. Okay. But was is that something that I could relate to? Was yes. that inherently me? Mm. Absolutely not. That might be for somebody else to sing because that's their their walk. That's their testimony. So for yeah. me, it's easy to sing because I will never sing a song that I, that doesn't speak to me first. So that's kind of, again, that's been a part of my journey to be able to select songs that either I write or that they speak directly to me, or they feel like something I would be saying. Okay. And then I'm able to record that. When you writing your own songs, do you mm-hmm. ever collaborate with other people during that process? Or is it always your soul journey? Yeah, no. Um, Again, it's the gamut. For um the title of this project that I have out now, I collaborated with a musician friend of mine, um, a few musician friends of mine, actually, mm. because they're always, you never want to be that person that's like a, a one man band, right? Like mm. you can be if you're Ed Sheeran and you can make all the parts, and, you know, and then sing and, you know, have that thing that you tap your foot on. Like <laughs> he's amazing, right? Yeah. You can be, if you're Stevie Wonder and yeah. you can do that, right? Mm. But for the mere mortals of the world, <laughs> we need help. <laughs> And so that always takes on the process of finding the right people to surround yourself. So if somebody can play better than me, come over here and play this song. Somebody can hear something that I don't hear Mm. and and it sits with me. Then I'm bringing that in. You know, I'm not an orchestra. I'm not, you know, I don't play any horns or strings. Mm. I don't necessarily hear all of the innu- innuendos and nuances that background vocals could be. So you always want to surround yourself with creative people and they take your baby, like your thought, mm. and they, they elevate it. And that's the thing that I've really been able to do. I've worked with great producers, award-winning producers, award-winning winning singers and musicians, and they come together for a common goal. That's to make God's name great and to give me what's inherently me, my yeah. message, the way I'm supposed to present it. 
you spoke about the new body of work, so let's dive into it a little bit more. So okay. what was the inspiration behind it? Tell us more about it. I know that they're all your babies, all your songs. Are there any ones that yeah. are little favorites more than the others, or they're all equally the favorites? So let's unpack the new body of the work. So um, He Loves Me is my brand new project. It is, I want to say, um, this is 2023. I hadn't recorded a full body of work since 2011. And so uh, for any other artist, uh, that would be like, you know, just go somewhere, sit down, nobody cares. But I still, I had people consistently saying to me of all ages, like all like young people, middle-aged, older people, when are you going to record again? You know, we need to hear your music. Do you, are you working on anything? And, you know, the first two people say, and you're like, ah, ha, ha. but it was a consistent <laughs> yes. thread of people saying, it. I was just like, you know, well, what's going on here? And yeah. I feel like it was God saying, go. And even though um, I was like not wanting to go, I was like, well, do I want to do it like this? Right. So I'm always going to sing. I'm always going to write. I'm always going to praise. I'm always going to worship. But does it have to be recorded music anymore? Okay. Does it have to be dealing with the music industry that wafts and wanes and changes and things? And so it took a little bit of a nudging from some really close friends of mine to say, no, your voice matters still. Your voice is needed still. And yeah, you're going to record again and we're going to literally drag you, push you, you know, flip you until you you get a hold of this. And I really do have to thank them for that, because now that I'm on this side of it, I am so I, I'm probably the happiest I've been um, in a very long time uh, to have these messages. The title of the project is called He Loves Me. Mm. And it literally is a reminder that, in fact, God does. He loves us. And he loves us so much that he gave his only son that if we believe in him, we won't perish. We'll have everlasting life. And even if you have different beliefs, yeah. like I'm not pushing that on anybody. Mm. But for me, the hope that I have in a savior to save me from life, I'll take a chance on that. I will take, I'll put some money on that and I'll take a chance with that. So the process was getting back in the saddle, getting back on the horse and doing what it is that I know God called me and created me to do. And that has been the joy of this record and the response that I'm getting um, that is touching people's hearts, which is the point that is making people feel better. That's the point that is presenting God in a way that is palpable um, and able to be received. That's the point as well. So um, the process was actually pretty easy. It was, I had a whole lot of people around me saying, yes, 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 yes. Whatever you need, Marette. Oh yeah, we'll do it. Whatever you want, Marette. And I'm like, how did I get such a great favor? But it's because I've been consistent yep. with people. And now oh, that yes. consistency showed back up for me. What was, if you don't mind me asking, the yeah. you mentioned or you touched on it. So your previous body of work was 2011. So what was the resistance or what was the feeling, oh, I, I need to be pushed to do the next one? Yeah. So the full project came out in 2011. Mm. I did a single in 2015 because okay. I was just like, you know, I was out of one record agreement and I had a okay. little freedom. I was like, oh, I can do whatever I want. So I was like, okay. I'll just do a single and, you know, see how that goes. Because that's literally how the industry changed. Right. So it went from making whole records to just put out a single. 
just and then yeah. now it's coming back to whole bodies of works again, which is amazing. Yeah. So I put out a single and then I put out another single four years later. There were some, uh, I have to be honest with you. First, I was thinking, what did take me so long? Then there was a pandemic too. But yes. I was like, well, what, what did take me so long? But a lot of it was uh, pandemic. And then some of it was just bad business decisions okay. um, that I had to live with the repercussions of. Wow. I didn't know they were bad at the time. Mm. I thought they were for my good, but they, they weren't and they okay. didn't end up for my good. So it literally was, I was in a holding pattern and I had to wait oh. and wait and wait until I was able to release music freely without looking over my shoulder. Like, you know, is yeah. this person, is this entity going to come? looking for me and try to stop me. And so that's literally, this is the first time I'm like saying that. I thought about it last night and I was like, you know something, it has been a long time, but that wasn't just, that wasn't you wanting it to be a long time. Mm. That was you being stopped. And sometimes that happens. If I had to be stopped, paused um, to have the joy that I have now, then I got to be all right with that. I'm okay with that. You're giving me so many goosebumps and aha moments because there's so many <laughs> things in my life. I was like, okay, this had to stop. You had to pause. You had to go in that direction. Yes. So thank you for the aha moments. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. That. Absolutely. <laughs> so you referenced this. So I want to touch on it a little bit more. I love me a CD. I still buy my CDs. I budget for my CDs. In fact, I'm looking at a CD player that I'm buying shortly. For me, it's an energy exchange to you guys for all the hard work you put out. I love the experience of getting it, receiving it, unpacking it, listening to the whole thing. I'm not sure if you're aware, as you sort of referenced, that cassettes, vinyl, CDs, they're all making a massive comeback. Comeback, yes. Yeah, but we've also got these digital platforms that people consume consume music on. What are your thoughts on each and preference of each, if at all? So, one, I just love that um, the music can go out. So that's number one. I'll never get a complaint about that. Like, as long as I'm here in Maryland making music that can reach South Africa, whether that's like digitally, physically, or by carrier pigeon, I'm all right with, right? So <laughs> that is amazing. I, like you, love a physical thing. Um, mm. We can open it up. We could, you know, we could read who did what. We can yeah. read the lyrics, like all of that tangibleness and you know you would do that while you were listening to it you could put it on you could it just was I feel like the the quality of having a physical product just makes you feel like that present that you didn't know you needed like the present you bought for yourself I Mm. want these shoes and this cd over here right yeah I'm glad to see that that's coming back. I think a lot of people miss it, and particularly in the genre that I'm in, the gospel music genre. I mean, we go to church. When we go to church, we have our Bibles, and we we want something in our hands. Mm. The, the older demographic is used to that, so we want something in our hands. But then the young people, they're just like, listen, I'm going to listen on the, on the fly. This is what I do. So I just feel like I like that vinyl cds i don't know too much about cassettes though i like that that's i've had a few cassettes pop in my life yes, I'm, the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with cassettes not being around yeah but I, cds vinyl yeah um and any way that the music can be consumed mm. i'm gonna keep up with it like for sure <laughs> but it's interesting you say that because it's actually the younger i've been speaking to a lot of artists and that and it's actually the yeah. teenagers 
and late teenagers and early twenties are going back to the physical. And they, yeah. I've spoken to quite a few artists who've got like teenage kids and younger kids and like, yeah. oh, they want the vinyls. They want the, now they need to go look for the shops. So that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you enjoy about performing live? That I get to connect with people. Mm. I get to see people. And it's funny because I don't even know if I, I don't look for a reaction. Mm. I've got the kind of voice that just kind of like, I think it sneaks up on you. Like you're listening and you're like, oh, you know, this is nice, you know? And then at, at the end, you're like, wait a second, what just happened? I think that's kind of voice I have. Um, But I, and I miss that reaction. Like I don't typically see if people are smiling Mm. or if they're crying or if they're, you know, praising. I miss all of that. Um, I think God just kind of blinds my eyes because I don't want to get too caught up in what their reaction is. But I do love seeing people just listening to the music and embracing it and getting that message maybe that they didn't even know that they needed um, to be reminded that God loves them, um, that he, you know, and you can make that personal, like the title of the project, he loves me. You can walk away with that. And I feel like I'm able to, the word, I don't want to use sell it, but I'm able to just impress upon them even more when I can do it in person. I'm not sure if it's the same in the gospel genre, but I'm mm-hmm. always a person right in front, enjoying the music, experiencing it. I take my phone out for one or two videos, one or two photos, and then I put it away. But these yes. days I find that so many people have their phones out trying to get the perfect videos, tweeting, posting, whatever they're doing yeah. for the majority of the song. And you mentioned that reaction and connection with the audience. From the person on the stage that's potentially seeing a bunch of phones, do you find sometimes it takes away from the energy and connection? A hundred percent because nine times out of 10, they don't go back and watch it. They're not going back going, I got to record this because I'm going to need this in six months and I want to watch it. They literally are recording because they're like, I'm here and I'm going to record it. So if you're missing that moment, you may, there might be something that you need right then yeah. that you need to, to be engaged with. I, I personally don't want to see any phones because you know, I might hit a bad note or two, but I feel like you are missing the yeah. you're missing the experience. Like exactly. to be here live, you can go on YouTube if you want to watch. Exactly. You know, something I've sung or something I've done on on social media. But to actually be in the room and we get to experience mm. a moment that will never happen again together, and to be present mm. in that moment is most important. So I don't want to see your phone. I don't want you um uh, uh do going live. And so you can, you know, have other people. I'm like, no, where are those people? They, sh- I want them to buy a ticket. <laughs> exactly. You must bring them to <laughs> yeah, the show. <laughs> yeah. I got, you know, I got adult kids, but I still got one in college. So I, I need all the fundage. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. But yeah, but I get it. You know, that's the world we live in. Right. And um, unfortunately, we just have to kind of swallow and just yep. deal with it, I guess. Yeah. But definitely prefer, I don't want to see a phone. I, I want you to let's lock eyes. Let's. Yep. You know, let's go through this journey together. Absolutely. So I love this game. I know if I had to ask you this question in two hours, two weeks, two minutes, I know your answer will be different every time because there's Mm -hmm. millions of them and I recognize that. Yeah. If you had to push play to five songs by other artists, once we have finished this conversation, what would those five songs be and by whom? Oh my gosh. What would those five songs be by other artists? 
Um, so it would be a song called I Love the Lord uh, by Richard Smallwood. I would take either the Whitney Houston version or the Richard Smallwood version I love. I would press play on there's a song by the walls group called i will mm. our recent song i would listen to that um gosh what else would i listen to um trying to rush here anything pastor donnie mcclurkin recorded i mentioned him earlier cc Winans, the goodness of god or anything she sings she mm. could sing about a, a pail in a bucket and i'm pressing that yeah um and then i guess the last one would be I'd have to think of the fifth one. I don't want to hold you up too long, but okay, okay. So yeah. that, that's for our thoughts. Uh, let let the audience slot in their own one. So yeah, right, the podcast is listened to throughout the world. So as a final message to the listening audience, what would you like to say? I would like to say one. Um, I hope that you, if you're listening to the project, that you come away with something that can encourage you. It is very easy and traumatizing to look around the world mm-hmm. and feel like, where is God? It's not just rumors of wars that we used to kind of say in the church, but it's actual wars. And it's not just, um, you know, it's just all over. It's just the things that you have to deal with. Uh, people are in them. And then to be able to have to sit on the side and watch and feel helpless. But we have a God that sits high and he looks low and he is well acquainted with what's going on. And uh, when all else fails, we have to trust him. We've got to find uh, find him and trust him. So I would encourage you to do that. I don't have any of the answers, but I know a God that can walk you through whatever you're dealing with in your life because he loves you.